Hello, and welcome to Season 1, Episode 23 of the We Are Speaking podcast. During each weekly 30-minute episode, we address some of our favorite topics, including American history and culture, government, education, and politics from a Black perspective. We are so glad you are joining us today. The podcast is brought to you by our company, the Team Owens 313 Global Creative Community. We offer branding and marketing services, including online training and one-on-one coaching to independent writers, creative and solo professionals, and very small business owners. You can find out more about our products and services at our website, teamowens313gcc.com. That's team, T-E-A-M, owens313gcc.com. As a free or paid subscriber to the We Are Speaking publication, you can access the podcast episodes through the website or on your favorite podcast player. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. My name is Pamela Hilliard-Owens, and I am one of the co-hosts of We Are Speaking in partnership with my husband and business partner, Keith Owens, who also wrote and performed the intro and outro music for the podcast. And speaking of Keith, here he is. Hi, Keith. Good to be here. Okay, some of you may know that we recently took a two-week-long vacation, something we have never done before. I don't remember when the last time I was away from home and work for two weeks at one time. But it was wonderful. We went to Morocco in northern Africa. And I remind people that Morocco was northern Africa, and you'll see why I remind people of that in just a little while. But Keith, of all the places in the world we could have visited for two weeks, we chose Morocco, or Morocco chose us. Tell us how that came about. Well, I'll try to do the short version, because the long version may take most of the program. But basically, a friend of mine uh, who I went to school with, uh, Shelley, we were in elementary school together in Denver, Colorado, Steck Elementary. And uh, she w- we were friends then, and she uh, actually came to my birthday party, I think sixth birthday party, and I came, went to her birthday party. And after first grade, we lost contact because she didn't go to that same elementary school after that year. And we literally have not been, had not been in communication since that time. But I'd always uh, remembered her because I'd had a, actually had a crush on her as a little kid. And, and then through mutual friends, it turned out she went to the same, she went to the same high school, some friends of mine. And, and her name came up and it turned out that she was the same person. So I kind of, off and on through friends, kind of heard of where she was, and it turned out she traveled the world a lot. And um, then one day I was on Facebook, and uh, Facebook for those of you, who, those of you who do Facebook, know occasionally comes up people who you may know. And Shelley's face came up because you're both and, from Denver. Yeah, for, well, well, not just that. I mean, we're just from Denver, but also we have friends in common. Okay, know, we have friends, so we, we have friends in common. And so her face came up, and I recognize, and I, I literally recognized her face. I said, "That has to be her." And I looked, and because the time her face came up, I didn't know why it came up, but I clicked on it, and I saw the friends that we had in common. And that's when I knew because they were all friends of mine who I'd gone to junior high school with, and then who had gone to the same high school where she went. I said, "Okay, that has to be her." Reached out to her, said, "Is this the same Shelley who went to, who came to my birthday party, and I went to your birthday party, and literally?" Thirty by, within a half an hour, she sent me a picture she still had of me at her birthday fifth <laughs> birthday party, and from there we can. It was just great. And I told Pam it was so funny, said because that she, she she's a wonderful person. She could have been a Trumpster for all we knew. I mean, mm-hmm. could have been anything, but she's 
are you know very creative person, uh, a lot of fun, and has traveled the world, has lived in I don't know how many countries, a number a number of countries. But she's maybe was the perfect person to be able to show us Morocco. She only lives in Morocco part of the uh, part of the year, and so she invited Pam and I to come see her. And this is about close to two years ago, really. And and I and I said, don't say something like that if you don't mean it, because we're we're the kind we'll come. <laughs> and she said she was she was very sincere. Said no, you should you know, come and see. it. will be glad to have you. So we started planning the trip at that time. And uh, two years later, as parents, we got back a week ago, almost exactly a week ago, a week mm-hmm. ago Friday. And uh, we spent we spent two weeks out there, and there, as I had said on a Facebook post, there was no way that we could have spent two weeks in Marrakesh or really anywhere. I mean, without Shelly, because there was because we two weeks in a hotel or anything mm-hmm. like that, just just the expense. But Shelly, we stayed with Shelly for most nights. There are a few nights we spent at a hotel in Marrakesh, but mostly we stayed with Shelly. Um, she cooked for us on a number number of nights, took us around the sites, uh, showed us things, and we just had a, had a wonderful time. And that's what possible. And like Pam said, there's no Pam and I've never spent two weeks ago on the on vacation before. You know, I, at one time. At one time. Before Pam I got married, I've I've done that before. I went to Australia for a month what time years ago. But 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 together, um you know, we've never done and I never really foresaw a time when that would be able to happen. When you have have a job that would allow you to do that and everything everything just aligned. And turn back over to Pam just a minute, but I would just say that it would the, the you you knew Going into it, as 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 Shelley began to describe to me, you know where she lived, and it was you know very small town and dirt roads and that sort of thing. And she was uh, from about what that you know, we we were that we were staying in a small village, so there were things to get adjusted to, and very small village, very, very very small village. But the good thing, but it seemed like, and there was a there was an adjustment period. But I think when will we ever have it? When will we ever have the opportunity again? To visit a, a foreign country, a really different country with a different culture from the vantage point of the people who live there. You know, Pam and I, we've done the resort thing, which is fun. I had, had, a, had a ball when we did that in Jamaica. But it's a different thing when you're actually staying in the community, meeting the people where they live. And I think that was what made this. And you're cautioning everybody. When you do that, you prepare for an adjustment. If you're not prepared for an adjustment... There's nothing wrong with doing a hotel. We did a hotel a couple of nights. I mean, you know, it's, but you need to understand when you're going to a different country, it is a different country. They don't do things like we do things over here. And that does not mean worse. <laughs> that does not, that means they do things differently. Mm-hmm. But if you're open to that, which I think is what makes travel so much fun, if you have to have everything like you have it at home, United States, my advice is don't travel yeah. outside the United States. But if you want to, you know, see something different, that's what makes travel so much fun. Is how how does somebody else live? How do they do? What are, what do they eat? What are the things that make them, you know, happy? What mm-hmm. because, and what are the similarities? There's more similarities than you would think. It's funny when you hear people describe what they think a Muslim country would be, or what they think this kind of a country like that would be, and then you go there. It's, it's nothing like what so many people. There, there's so many misconceptions about, right. which is a whole other program, but about Islam and everything else. And when you see something like a, a, a country, cities like we saw that just blow away any all the lies that people want to tell mm-hmm. about about communities, you know, right. that, that live differently. And it was it was just a really a, a great experience. We really okay, before we go a little bit, before we go on about our trip, and I do want to speak about the environment in in uh, Morocco versus some what might be in some other Muslim countries. I want to go back and and 
because Keith didn't say this, and I did not know this until we got there, talking about the friendship between Keith and Shelley, when they were in first grade, Shelley's father died. And you can imagine what a traumatic experience would be for anybody or any kid. But of all of the classmates, little six-year-old Keith was the only one to write a note of condolence to to Shelley. And as a six-year-old, he said, I'm so sorry your father died. And are you okay? Something along those lines. Shelley never forgot that. She said that was the only classmate of their, everyone in their class who ever even acknowledged the fact that her father died when she was six years old. I think it's, I mean, I'm glad you brought that up because when Shelley mentioned that we were there, I did not remember that mm-hmm. until Shelley told me that. And, um, and she even asked me, she said, you know, I didn't know if there was something that your parents mm-hmm. had to do. And I said, no, that wouldn't have been something. That That's the kind of thing. You know, I, you know, I did that. Right. Um, I just didn't recall it. But it was just really struck me that she never, ever forgot that. And the other thing that had happened was there was an event in the classroom. You know, when the, the teacher, I was one of the, I was probably the first or second black kid to attend this school, mm-hmm. elementary school. You know, and the teacher was, was, Probably raised it, but she was definitely a very not a good person at, at all. And there was a, an instance where I had my shirt was untucked. She told me to tuck in my shirt. I tucked in my shirt. She thought it wasn't sufficient. She instructed me to come to the front of the class. She yanked my shirt out of my pants, tucked it in in front of everyone in the class. And then she told the class, this is the first grade class, told everyone to laugh at me in front of the class. Two things happened. Number one, my mother began coming to class every day from that point <laughs> and sitting in the classroom. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is that one thing I, I never forgot, and this is one thing I told Shelly, was Shelly did not laugh. Okay. And and I cautioned her because it, it, it hurt the other kids laugh, but I also looking back, no, these are first grade. These are sixth graders. The teacher says Six-year-olds. Six-year-olds. Mm-hmm. The teacher says laugh. Right. <laughs> this is something that you begin to understand is that that's... That's what the teachers say. So it's not like I look at all the other kids and say what terrible kids they were because of that. But but also the fact that Shelley did not laugh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And not because I still remember like the expression on her face was something I never forgot. Right, right, and right. And so and so that's and the people who've told the story saying you don't need to write it, but you need <laughs> you need to write a travel log about this. You know, but, um, but yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, Pat, because it, it really it really is kind of a, a, a surprising story. And because so many things could have turned out not to be great. I right. Mean, you know, because we're we're going halfway around the world right. you know, stay with somebody who literally we say we're friends for 58 years not really you know because you, you really is, had not seen each other since first seen, grade has seen talked to no communication nothing I, I just i heard a few things through pipeline when somebody said yeah that is the same shelly mm-hmm. and yes she does remember you that's it so it's not like after like other friends of mine who we've been in contact over years or family members that I haven't mm-hmm. seen for 40 years. This somebody who the truth of it is this somebody who I, I liked at first grade and this is a, a childhood <laughs> and that was it. Right. You know, so right. this is a, but it turned out to be just, you know, such a risk worth taking because we, we, we just had a great time. Right, right, right. And so it so that that's the background of how we got to Morocco. That was our first visit to the continent. We plan on many more. We're going to go to South Africa next and Ghana after that. And then we'll see after that. But we're definitely going to those two countries. But Morocco was our first uh, trip to the, the African continent. And I say that because as we were, as Keith said, we spent a couple of days in Marrakesh and mostly when the first time we got there, because we got there on, was it Saturday night? Uh, or Sunday. 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 Yeah, because it, yeah, we, we left Saturday night. Oh yeah, we nine, left late Saturday night, Detroit time. Mm-hmm. And we got to, and we got to Marrakesh at six o'clock 
Marrakesh the time. time right, 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 right. They're five hours ahead of ahead us. Of us right. So it was one o'clock our right. time, but still there was a time change and all of right. that. And so by, so we got to the hotel and basically we kind of unpacked and we kind of sat in front of the pool the whole time on, right. on Monday. When we first got there, that's when they, she took us to that well, Yeah, we went out to dinner. We the bags, went straight yeah, to we went straight to downtown Marrakesh to a wonderful restaurant in a Medina. And a Medina is also called a souk, which is the marketplace. marketplace. And so it was amazing just to see, the restaurant was up on the second floor. So we could look out of the window and see all the it people. Was it was just, it was crowded. And this was a Sunday night. It was dark. And people were out there, head to toe. I mean, not, not head to toe, but a, a crowd of people just packed. just packed with people shopping and people selling things. And so... That was uh, that was different. Then Monday, I think time caught up with us, and we kind of sat by the pool the whole time. And then Tuesday, we traveled to uh, Shelley's house, and it was a cute little house. Like he said, completely different <laughs> from from um, what we were used to. For me, what was different was internet access was spotty. My fingers are actually starting to itch because I couldn't type and, and, and text as much as I usually did, and my fingers noticed it. But what we what. It's different about Morocco. First of all, Morocco is a huge tourist destination, mostly for people from Europe. We were very shocked. We didn't see a single identifiable African-American while we were there. Not one. And we didn't see anybody who we knew was American until the day before we left. Right, that was at the gardens. Right? That was at the yeah, that was the gardens, that was, and that was the day before we left. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because we were walking around, and we'll talk about the gardens in a second. We don't want to run out of time, but we had on our Black Authors Matter shirt, uh, matching T-shirts that say Black Authors Matter. And someone, and as we were walking through the garden, we saw a group there. Tell the name of the garden. Okay, okay, yeah, the name of the garden is Mash, Majorel. Ma, 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 how do you say it in French? Majorel. Mozzarella, thing. Yeah, gardens yeah. belongs to Yves Saint Laurent, famous fashion designer. He created. It. He created the gardens, and that was um, one of and the, and the museum next to it. So there's the Yves Saint Laurent Museum, which we saw, and then a few days later we saw the gardens, and that's where his ashes are are, are in, in turn in in the garden. But we were walking to the garden, and someone said, "Oh, I love your T-shirts, American accent." <laughs> And it turns out, oh, she said, she said, I love your t-shirts, and I'm a writer too. Right. And so that group was also from different places in America, and those were the only identifiable Americans yeah, we, we saw, saw we the entire there. time we were there. There was one guy we heard. Wasn't yeah, it? when we were, we were at that same day, right. that same I mean, day at the restaurant, and he sounded like he was, he was an American, he sounded like he had an American yeah. accent, but... <clears throat> The entire time, we didn't see any African Americans and no identifiable Americans, and so that was that was different. But Morocco itself is a more, should I say, progressive and liberal Muslim country. It is not, and I'm not going to get into you know different countries and their politics and all of that with with Islam. But they are not, let's say, they're not as strict and restrictive as some other mostly Muslim countries. So that was immediately obvious. Because as I was studying to go to Marrakesh, to go to Morocco, it said, you know, women, women especially, watch what you wear and things like that. And I sort of knew that because I'd been to a, a primarily Muslim country before when we, went to, when we went to Dubai. And so, but this was different. As you walk the streets, whether you were in uh, the small seaside surf town where we were or, or in Marrakesh, um, people wore everything. Not just uh, the Europeans, but also the um, people who lived there. So they, it was a whole range from regular dress, including shorts, all the way up to a full niqab. 
but no one said anything to anyone. If you were in full hijab, that, that's who you, what you did. If you were in shorts just walking down the street, that's what you did. No one bothered anyone about what they were wearing. I did bring a headscarf with me in case we were able to go to the mosque, but we weren't able to go to the mosque. Uh, they had specific, specific hours for touring. And we missed that. But if we had gone, been able to go to the mosque, I was prepared with my headscarf because that's just out of, out of respect. But otherwise, oh, the other thing is that's funny is that, of course, in Islam, they don't drink alcohol. But if you go to specific restaurants, they do serve wine. But if you are not in a specific a restaurant and you want to drink some beer, you have to kind of hide it because you don't just drink, drink it out in the open like we do here. But that was okay. You know, that, 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 that's, that is so minor. But the thing that, the reason why I say North Africa is because when we were at the souks and we were meeting some of the different shop, shopkeepers and, and just people out there. And of course we stood out because African Americans, I think it said on our foreheads, rich, Af rich Americans on the way, <laughs> but we weren't rich, but they thought we were, but they, when, when they talked to us and we told, they said, well, the first, it was funny. The first thing they said is, where are you from? We said the United States. Oh, New York. No. Oh, Oh, Chicago? No. Oh, Los Angeles? No. Angeles. A couple of them did say oh, one or two, but mostly it was New York or Chicago. Chicago. And then when we said Detroit, where's that? <laughs> so Detroit, you got to step up your game. I did say Motown once or twice. People knew what Motown was. But to, the, but to a lot of the people, the United States is New York or Chicago, and that's it. Uh, we did meet someone who had family in Philadelphia. Right. Right. But I said all that to say after we started talking, and when I say talking, it depends on who you're talking to, because in Morocco, most people speak Arabic, then they speak French. And so, and there were a lot of people, I should say, uh, some people who were really good in English, mm -hmm. and some people who spoke just enough English to get by. So some of the times, a lot of it was, you know, broke speaking between the two of us. But they said, several people said, oh, is this your first trip to Morocco? And we said, yes. They said, welcome home. Well, and and that was so that was so heart you know heart heartwarming because they can they of course they consider themselves Africans and of course we're African and when they said welcome home it it really it really hit the heart as, as something something wonderful on the other and during one of our shopping trips we met someone who uh, when we said Detroit he said oh I used I used to live in Detroit he had come here moved to Detroit or the Detroit area he didn't really say and he was married but his wife turned into a trumper. Totally took him by shock. He got <laughs> he got divorced and moved back home to Morocco. Tell about that real quick, Keith. Well, that well, that's <coughs> pretty much the story. I mean, right. you know, as I recall, is, is that that he he want, he was talking more because he he really was familiar with me because I think he was was Grand Rapids. I think no he no he was he he lived in the Detroit area. Detroit area, but, but I also thinking about Grand Rapids he, area too. Yeah, Grand Rapids. I remember him saying Grand Rapids, mm -hmm. and I think his his wife may have been from that area, but that's. But he really was familiar because that's something. yeah he was the one of the ones when we said Detroit he said oh Detroit yeah, I know where that is he really knew <laughs> you know, and, and um, let us know that he knew where Detroit was and et cetera. but um, but then he talked about that that's what well, but the fact that his wife became a Trumper but also just just Trump himself well Trumpism I should say that that whole phenomenon um, was bad enough in his mind. For him to leave, divorce his wife divorce and come back home. Divorce his leave and come come back home because he figured there was no way he could stay in the country when he saw what was happening. Right, to, you know, to the country, you know, to um, and so he went back. But there were a number of, of people. That's the fun thing about your know, travel too is that the the stories. Mm -hmm. you know, we we met some brothers from Africa there. You know, Senegal, from Senegal. Senegal. And talk, and I think, and the one thing you become adjusted to too is that, and Pam point, Pam's pointed out that. 
we all it gets frustrating to a degree because you can never find out what the exact price of anything is. Right, right, right. But before you, before you talk about the prices, talk about meeting people, especially from Senegal. Remember that one brother I bought some art from him? He was so excited to see us. Like I said, there were we never saw an African American the whole time we were there. And so a delight for them to see us. And everybody kept saying, you like us. They would hit their arm. You like us. Even the Moroccans who were about our same shade would say, same color, same color. You like us. You like us. It was amazing. Of course, I mean, and all, and that was great. But also, honestly speaking, some were using that. Well, well, yeah, that that, that last day. That last day. But for the most part. You know, I said, but, um, well, I mean, that's important. That's important to bring up. I mean, it's not. It's not a horrible thing, but that goes to what I was saying in terms of when it comes to marketing, to do things different. Okay? Right, you differently. Know, mm-hmm. When you go, you get into a cab here or an Uber, you know, you know what the price is going to be. Mm-hmm. You can see that right away. You go to a store, the price is right there. You go to a grocery, the price is right there. Um, over over there, and some of the well, you go. I'm not in the small in a small town. We could ask them, okay, what is this on the on the? It'll say on the little menu. That's what this item is. Good idea. What it's going to cost. I'm not going to want to give the impression that everything is 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 um, negotiable. Negotiable. <laughs> but but particularly when you get the Medinas, which is the purpose of the Medina the right. market, and when you they take the cabs. Right. Okay. You, you're not going to know. <laughs> and the you may. I mean, he'll tell you the, how you say how much, and he'll say. And the one thing I learned is that. One, and that was having fun with, with being Shelly, because Shelly would know. Mm-hmm, so we have mm-hmm. a good idea about how much it would cost to get to one place to another. And then you, and then you, you know, learn to, pay, you know, this, okay, this, this is what you pay, et cetera. But there's all, there's all, and everything is being haggled, you know, so somebody right. said, we want, we'll pay. Um, this is what the, we'll say this, say no, I'll, I'll pay mm-hmm. this and go back and forth. But it's part of the culture, right. you know, and that, that's something to get adjusted to as well. But it can, but it could, but the, the conversation, and it's it, it's a lot of fun because of the conversations that you get with people, the whole experience, the transactional, just walking through the markets and the things that you see. The market was the most fun. The most fun yeah, for me. Was, yeah, that was the the most fun of of everything. Was mm-hmm. just, just walking through the market, you know, and and and, and the things that you would see, and the, and the people encouraging you to come. And the one thing I bad my laugh about is, do not make a promise you don't tend to keep. Right, right. You know, because remember we walked by one shop. It was a leather shop, beautiful leather shop. Beautiful leather shop. is one of their and specialties. Yeah, and it, mm-hmm. it shows because they have a beautiful leather shop. And we walked by, and the brother and he was strongly encouraging us to come in. And we said, and you have to learn how to say no real quick. You know, yeah, we learned how to say no. In Four different languages. Right, right. Like, no. But he was like, he's like, we'll come back. Because the other thing was, the guy said a lot was, no buy, just look. Right, you know, they always said that. There. But when we went by, he said, we'll come back. When you come, he said, we'll, we'll, and I said, we may be back. And he said, he said you promise. And I, I said, we promise. We'll be back. Well, the, ne- might the, be the next day, day, the next day. We're going by, and he completely, he remembered us. He said, you promise. <laughs> he said, you promise. And I'm like, okay. I'll right. I'll you a promise. Right. And, we, and we bought them. They were real nice in there. But it was like, but that's, um, but the, the the important thing to keep in mind, though, when you're doing that, is that amongst all of it, and like Pants, there were very, very, very few notable exceptions. Mm-hmm. You know, the, it's it's all respect, right? And about, you know, you don't. If you, I mean, yes, you have to be firm when you say no. You have to know when when you walk by, you don't want this. You are looking at that, etc. And they but, ask you ten times, right? They ask you ten times, but respect. Right. There's no need to get ugly. You know, to say something, you know, to be disrespectful because they're never disrespectful, you know, almost never disrespectful to you. Aggressive, sure. Yeah. And in the bigger city, you know, I mean, like I said, we, we were in the larger city, like Marrakesh, much more aggressive than the smaller city. But everything is friendly. Right. And, you know, and, and I think that, and you learn how to, know, to tell there's something, some wares are good, some are not so mm-hmm, good. Mm-hmm. But, but the deals 
that you can get the things that we were that we bought you know where i think we're just i got some i was the last day we were there for leaving I, there were these pants that i was determined to get right finally right found them. and but, speaking of speaking of the quality because just like anywhere else you you can you start to recognize yeah. the quality and in one shop we were we i i don't want to mention it yet but i bought some gifts for for my family and the shopkeeper said remember this was made in morocco not china right. <laughs> Right, right, <laughs> he said, he right, said that. Right. I mean, and you can see, and and, and even amongst the, like I said, the, the price of what what we paid there versus what they would have cost here. Oh yeah. Which mm-hmm. is, and also things that we knew we would never be able to get at that time. We went to the shop with the um, brothers spoke very good English with the car, the carpet. Right, right, carpets, right, right. You know, those carpets, right. they are they literally hand hooked. Oh and my they gosh, were, and, and they were they exquisite. Were Incredible, and you I've, and and both Pam and I are pretty well traveled inside the states. You, mm-hmm. know, you don't see anything like that anywhere that even approaches the craftsmanship of the mm-hmm. things that they have over there. I mean, right. just extraordinary. It's just incredible, and it was just, and that's what made what made it fun, and just the way you know that that you'll get treated because they all everybody wants you know you come and have tea, right? You know, right, so you're right. So when you sit down, and then they'll you know present their wares. And, uh, and and that was fun. The company said, you know, this is tradition. It's coming out, you know, have mm-hmm. tea, you know, to present the wares and, you know, what do you want to get? You right. don't want to get that kind of a thing. But it, it was... It there was were, but there were so many shops, whether oh we were in God. the smallest city or the large... I wonder I wonder how people made any money because there were hundreds. Uh, well, I mean, not hundreds, but a lot well, in, the, in, in, the, in, the, in Medina. In Medina, America, it just probably is hundreds. Right. It's huge. It's, it's huge. We were only on one wing. We didn't right. We didn't even go to the whole the whole place. But it was because because it was so different. Even though it's more a, a more progressive mm-hmm. uh, and liberal Muslim country, it was still very, very different. Oh. What we remember most about Marrakesh was every not, so many people rode scooters, motor scooters. Everybody, and and it was it was, well. First of all, everybody had a cell phone. Everybody had a cell phone, but that's probably true. Those those scooters here, when you ride a motor, first of all, we don't people don't wear, have those smaller scooters in mass like they like they did over there. But uh, some people wore helmets, but most people did not. And not only did they not wear helmets, but they would have three and four and five people on the same scooter. People had their babies. People had their children sitting in front of them. And they would fly through the traffic. traffic. I mean, imagine New York. I said, how did nobody get killed around here? Imagine New York traffic tripled. Right. And then then add horses and donkeys. And donkeys. And, Mm. And scooters. All and bicycles thing, and bicycles, all thing lane, and, the, and and somebody like we saw the woman we saw who had a table on her back, yeah. had a baby in front of her. I think it was her son who was driving, <laughs> and they went flying, flying down the street. You know, mm-hmm. And you they, yeah, they bought a kitchen table. You can imagine what a kitchen table. It was, I remember because it was yeah. like a parquet wood. Yeah. She had her baby. They balanced the table in between the two of them yeah. and the baby, and off they went. On a little, they, on, on a little, on a little scooter. scooter. They went to a store. They needed a kitchen table. They bought the yeah. kitchen table. And brought it all and one thing you learned uh, too is funny is that, and this is the thing, one of the things that uh, one of the many things Shelly taught us. But on the first night that we were there, is she said, "Follow my lead," because we're since we're standing there at the corner wondering how are we going to get across the street? Right. There was no light. There nope. was no sign. There was, he was going fast. Said, you just have to step out. <laughs> and the basic thing, like step out. <laughs> but, but but sure enough, you mm-hmm. watch the other people, and you I mean you, there's, you watch her, but you get across. It's like they don't even look at you, but they see you. Right. 
and the, and they and they just go around and it's within far, but they do not hit you. Exactly, exactly, and, exactly. And it's, it's incredible. I've never seen anything like it. But it's like the Red Sea. <laughs> you park and people just go around mm-hmm. and kick up. But and when you drive with the cab driver, right? He's driving. He's you know weaving in and out. And there are times he's within barely a quarter inch of another car, but doesn't hit it. I don't see so, how you know, they, bike, you know bikes. You'll see the bike. The bike is like he's gonna ram this guy down. Doesn't. But one guy said he said you you, you they get trained. He said we right. get trained. Trained said I can drive a cab anywhere. So mm-hmm. oh, yes you can <laughs> because you can drive this. There's no doubt you can drive anywhere else. And then while well, I'm running out of time, but one thing we didn't get a chance to talk about, unfortunately, was also some of the tour like the the palace. Oh my goodness, yeah. And, and what I want you to do because we can't get it all on this podcast, but go back and do we are speaking. Go back to Friday, October sixth, which was yesterday, and we did. I did a whole post on interesting facts about Morocco and and there were some there's some pictures there and some of the things that we right. couldn't talk about but and there's um, a link to my Facebook and there's a link to all the videos and photos took right Keith got a new iPhone 14 plus <laughs> the day before we left and he made much use of it he was enamored with the <laughs> photography features on there so he took a lot of pictures and a lot of videos but do do read that the uh, Friday Fun Day post from October sixth because there are a lot of interesting things about Morocco that we didn't know, and I'm sure you don't know. And I'm going to mention just one of them: the Declaration of Independence for the United States was signed in 1776. In 1777, Morocco was the first country to recognize the United States as a country. They opened their ports and started international trading between Morocco and the United States less than a year after the Declaration of Independence. Because Morocco has been a country since 800, since the 8th century before the Common Era. So it is, even though it's gone through iterations, it's pretty much stayed the same, although it's modernized. And so it's, it's so it was a country then. It wasn't some new country. And so th- it was the very first country ever to recognize the United States. And remember, this is a Muslim country. Right, right, exactly. It's a Muslim country, that get, not, not a European country, a Muslim country right. that was the first country to recognize. So it was before England, it was before France. Right, right. It was the very first country to officially re- recognize the United States. So um, we just had a wonderful time. So many interesting things. And like I said, look, I go back and look at the Friday post from October 6th, and you'll, you'll be able to get more about, about our trip. But I, we will say, if you have a chance to travel, Please do so. It was amazing. Absolutely. And we will talk to you next week. See you next week.